Part three of With Swag and Billy by H. J. Tompkins. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part two. One day trips. Number one, Hornsby to Castle Hill, via Golston and Ural. Distance fifteen miles. Train fares. Sydney to Hornsby, first two shillings, second one shilling and threepence. Milson's Point to Hornsby, first one shilling and threepence, second tenpence. Parramatta to Sydney, first one shilling and fourpence, second elevenpence. Tram, Castle Hill to Parramatta, fourpence. On weekdays the 7.30am boat connects with 7.45am train at Milson's Point, and there is a train at 7am from Redfern. On Sundays the 8.30am boat connects with 8.45am train at Milson's Point, and there is a train at 9am from Redfern. On arrival at Hornsby, follow Pete's Ferry Road to finger post indicating Goldstone Road, about a mile from Hornsby Post Office. From this point, the road passes through rugged, picturesque country, making a zigzag descent into Hornsby Valley, at the bottom of which two streams of beautiful clear water are crossed by means of substantial bridges. Having climbed some three miles by an easy grade, the little village of Golston is reached. Here a finger post reads, to Hornsby six and a half miles, to Parramatta fifteen and a half. The character of the country has now changed, as by the touch of the magician's wand, from the picturesque but almost sterile waste to beautiful cultivated fertile slopes, the holdings in most cases being well improved and prosperous looking. Lead us not into temptation. Stimulated by early piety and restrained by fear of the law, one may meander without offence through tempting orange groves laden with golden fruit of july and august and as the golfers say so adjacent that you could almost gather the fruit without leaving the king's highway passing through dural castle hill of historic association is reached and away to the right the site easily penetrates to the foot of the blue mountains embracing in its survey the settlements around riverstone windsor richmond Kurajong, and pennant hills which lies away to the left. This is historic ground. A century ago, in this state, justice was grim and rugged, and if there was less pomp and circumstance about the trial of the criminal, the agony of execution was longer drawn out. Viewing Castle Hill today, with its prosperous-looking houses and square miles of orchards, it is curious to recollect that at the period mentioned, it was not an infrequent occurrence for condemned prisoners to be brought in solemn procession from Parramatta to be executed here. A Castle Hill tram may be taken to Parramatta. The total distance, Hornsby to Parramatta, is 22 miles, and Hornsby to Castle Hill is 15 miles. This is recommended as one of the most delightful one-day trips near Sydney. Number 2. A round trip from the intersection of Bayswater and Darling Point roads, via Darling Point, Double Bay, Bellevue Hill, Bondi Beach, the Cliffs, to the Gap, thence by New South Head Road, to Rose Bay Wharf. Distance 13 or 14 miles. By the robust this might be called a lazy day, but though near to Sydney, and over familiar country, 
it is one of the most interesting of the series and if the day be bright some magnificent cliff ocean and harbour panoramas may be viewed the route might be along darling point road past st mark's to branch street thence by the steps and double bay to new south head road ascending bellevue hill by the steep asphalt path and arriving eventually at scott's college follow the road round the college grounds and the path through the bush to o'sullivan road keep the golf links on your left and across the sand hills to bondi beach by this time you may be ready for a dip in the sparkling pacific and with a costume you may go right in a few hundred yards to the north are the famous natural basins at ben buckler's point where one may bathe in security and enjoy a sunbath between this point and bondi fort is much that is of geological interest here are fissures left by previously existing volcanic dikes and columnar structures developed in hawkesbury sandstone by contact with intrusive basalt decomposed basalt in the fissure known as meriveri pass and some of the unaltered basalt in situ so soon as the fort is passed strike through the scrub to the cliff following which if it be sunday you will presently come on to a party of five or six well-bronzed males camped on a secluded and pretty spot on the cliff edge it is what is left of the sometime compact brotherhood known as the amphibians a sect apparently of sun and sea worshippers engaged at the weekly celebration of their mystic rites camp may be had here for lunch any of the amphibians will point out the matting probably the most dizzy and daring fisherman's path to be found on our coast if path it may be called seeing that the bottom of the cliffs which at this point are about three hundred feet in height is reached partly by means of rope ladders suspended from iron spikes driven into the sandstone still following the cliffs and approaching diamond bay attention will be attracted by an obelisk the inscription on which explains its purpose at this spot some thirty years ago james pillars b a aged forty-one years met his death by falling from the cliff and in this connection the writer once had a curious experience in company with some friends he had been driven by a passing shower to seek shelter of a sandstone cave nearby so also had another wayfarer not unnaturally the conversation turned on the monument and the stranger at once excited interest by the statement that he had known mr pillars and was present when he met his death mr pillars had been his tutor they had gone out cliff climbing and disregarding special warning pillars had trusted the weathered sandstone and had met his death by its giving way he was seen to strike the rocks at the bottom turn over and was then swept out by a sea no his body had never been recovered on the obelisk you read he went down a precious argosy at sea the world may never know the wealth it lost when he went darkling to his tearful tomb so might in his undeveloped force with all his crowding unaccomplished hopes unuttered wealth and glory of his soul continuing north two fishermen's cliff descents buckley's and obi west are passed and crossing a pretty little picnic resort called rosy gully is the ascent of the hill at back of watson's bay cemetery at the highest point on the cliff is another fisherman's descent called blackfellow which takes rank next to the matting for difficulty and danger 
in fact at one point it has a drop of about sixty feet down the perpendicular face of the cliff which is greater than either drop at the matting an old visitor to the locality will be familiar with the lighthouse and gap and immediately bear away to the left along new south head road to rose bay passing en route the convent of the sacred heart a monument to the architectural skill of the late mr horbury hunt for clues estate the sometime home of the wentworths and final resting-place of the great william charles wentworth the moulder of our constitution at any point along the road the tram is available for return to sydney number three pimble to manly fire st ives sugarloaf hill and narrabeen distance about twenty-four miles fair to pimble first elevenpence second eightpence manly to sydney fourpence the eight thirty a m boat circular quay connects with eight forty five at milson's point sunday and the seven thirty a m boat connects with the seven forty five at milson's point weekday inquire at pimble for the road to st ives with the exception of the first few miles which is through fertile orange growing country this route is the reverse of that followed on the castle hill trip but for more than half of its distance it has the advantage of being out of the beaten track at st ives the road leads into the native bush and if the journey is made in the early spring the bush is resplendent with every variety of wild flower sugarloaf hill is the only climb extensive views of hill and ocean are obtainable from the ridges the road divides before reaching foley's rocks the better route joining the pitwater road at rock lily and the other at narrabeen near the bridge and if you have been thoughtful enough to bring a bathing costume a dip on the beach will add some vim to your step on the home stretch to manly in an ordinary season water is plentiful en route from pimble to narrabeen the distance is sixteen or seventeen miles and the total distance to manly is about twenty-four miles if not in good walking condition the coach service may be availed of at narrabeen number four waterfall to audley distance about twelve miles fare ordinary return to waterfall first three shillings and sixpence second two shillings and fourpence there is no sunday train to waterfall the eight thirty south coast train will serve on any weekday anyone at the station will direct you just past waterfall railway station the road plunges away to the left into national park and about half an hour's walk leads to within a few yards of the depression into which in the rainy season the little creek leaps whence the name waterfall from here the road gently descends through a splendid forest of turpentine to the freshwater river crossing bowler creek and many pretty brooks en route for the last four or five miles follow the course of the hacking river along the lady carrington drive which has been described as a vast and glorious avenue from end to end this is a trip well within the walking powers of ladies especially if the whole day be given to it there is a fairly frequent train service from national park platform from the first week in september during the winter months trains wednesday six forty p m saturday three five six three and seven thirty p m by leaving the national park train at sutherland or if possible loftus junction 
it is competent to undertake this trip any Sunday, but the distance is then 22 or 23 miles, and the scenery between Sutherland and Waterfall is rather monotonous and uninteresting. Number 5. Pimble to the Spit, via St. Ives and French's Forest. Distance about 15 miles. Fair, Pimble, first, 11 pence, second, 8 pence. You have a choice of return by Milson's Point or Mossman Bay. If a weekday the 7.30am boat connects with the 7.45 train at Milson's Point. If a Sunday, the 8.30am boat connects with the 8.45 at Milson's Point. Bear away to St. Ives as in the Pimble Manly Trip, number 3. At a point about 4 miles beyond St. Ives and 6 miles from Pimble, leave the Narrabeen Road by a road which intersects it at right angles on the right-hand side at the corner of a paddock. Care should be taken here, as there is no finger-post, but examination will show that a surveyor's peg, quite close to the ground, at intersection, bears the word Spit Road. Except the first miles, the track is through bushland, with here and there a homestead, and for the most part free from bicycle and boater. At the brick kilns, take the right-hand road. Here again the question of condition crops up. If going strong, the walk may be extended to Mossman Bay Wharf. Number 6. Audley to Watermolla, National Park. Distance, 20 miles. Fair. Return, National Park. First, one shilling and sixpence. Second, one shilling. An excellent trip the occasional roughness of the bridle track being more than compensated for by the feeling of being right away from the dusty macadamised roads, more or less crowded with traffic. Watermolla is situated on the south coast, between Port Hacking and Gary Beach, in the National Park Reserve. It is ten miles from the train terminus at National Park. The 6.25am from Sydney on Sunday is the best train. This will set you down at National Park about 7.31, and Watermolla should come into view between 11 and 12 o'clock. Finger posts have been placed at important points, and the track is easily found. Two or three hints will be of use. Having got so far as the boat shed, National Park, take the military road up the hill, on the opposite side of the river, and reject all left-hand tracks until you reach a point about two and a half miles distant. Here take the left-hand track. The one to the right leads to Gary Beach. At the small bridge, a few miles further on, the left-hand track leads to Gibbon Beach and the right to Watermolla. Presently, on the top of the ridge, the old Clifton Road, a track now for the most part overgrown, is crossed and the ocean comes into view. A gradual descent of a couple of miles bearing to the left brings you to Watermolla, an ideal spot for a few days' camp. It has a nice little beach, safe saltwater basin inside for bathing, two pretty waterfalls, and abundance of fresh water and fuel. Moreover, access is just sufficiently difficult to limit the number of visitors. If camping, some mosquito net should be included in the outfit, as the local breed is large, grey, and businesslike. If out for the day only, one may bathe, lunch, rest for about three hours, and on return catch the 7.30pm train at National Park. The billy might be boiled, 
and some refreshment taken at flat rock crossing about halfway on return journey as it will be late when sydney is reached number seven hurstville to sutherland via tom ugly's point cronulla beach and port hacking distance about twenty miles fair national park return first one shilling and sixpence second one shilling the eight eleven a m from redfern is a very suitable train on any weekday or eight ten a m sunday ask for national park return for economy and alight at hurstville and proceed to tom ugly's point punt this road is well marked finger posts being stationed at all important points go to cronulla first then to port hacking borough near bay wharf and finally to sutherland the roads throughout are well made and maintained in good condition too good in fact for walking as the track is a favourite one with cyclists and with every one who owns or can hire a trap for a considerable distance the fine country known as the holt sutherland estate is passed through apart entirely from the attraction it offers to fishermen there are few places more picturesque than port hacking and its attendant bays borania gunamatta and yawi the five twenty p m on saturday or the five twenty three p m on sunday from sutherland reaches redfern at a convenient hour number eight penshurst to audley via forest road george's river punt menai warrenora river and heathcote distance about eighteen miles fair national park return first one shilling and sixpence second one shilling ask for national park return and alight at penshurst if it be a saturday or sunday the eight thirty two and eight ten a m are suitable trains and give ample time to catch the six three p m saturday or the five fourteen p m sunday at national park take forest road to the punt george's river on which the passage is free some two miles from the river is the table-land on which is situated a little settlement called menai sometime bangor and the track now becomes heavy and sandy inquiry should be made at menai for the turn-off to heathcote this occurs at a point two miles further on and bears to the left down the range to warrenora river very great care must be taken as it is but a bridle track and the turn-off marked to heathcote might easily be missed in a short time a roughly formed track is picked up which leads to the river crossing a wild but picturesque spot convenient to lunch at and there is an inviting hole in the warrenora for a dip from the river to heathcote is a well-formed but quite unused road of somewhat steep grade the local story is that the work was carried out by the unemployed at some remote period and that the vote becoming exhausted it was never finished after passing homely take the track to the left and in a few minutes illawarra sydney road will be reached take train either at loftus junction or national park if at the latter take the right-hand track between the twentieth and nineteenth mile-posts and very soon the platform will be in sight this trip might be reduced to about fifteen miles if done any weekday by taking train to heathcote and walking back to penshurst or vice versa number nine liverpool to leichardt distance about seventeen miles fare first two shillings and a penny second one shilling and fourpence 
if saturday take the eight a m and if sunday the nine forty two a m at sydney station these trains reach liverpool at eight fifty one and ten forty respectively this is a popular track with cyclists but it can only be recommended to pedestrians on the score of accessibility the road is good but the country is to a large extent uninteresting shortly after leaving liverpool lansdowne bridge is crossed this structure is worthy of more than passing notice it spans prospect creek is convict work and is constructed of massive blocks of hawkesbury sandstone the builders like carlyle senior built for eternity nearing the scattered village of bankstown where poultry raising appears to be staple industry you get away from the depressing hungry-looking tea-tree box and iron bark are met with and the country generally improves from here on there is very little that calls for remark the way lies through piles of bricks and mortar which though no doubt the outward and visible sign of wealth and civilization are to the walker destitute of the freedom and charm of the scented woods number ten sydney to parramatta via dremoyne gladesville ride eastward carlingford etc distance about twenty miles fare parramatta to sydney first one shilling and fourpence second eleven pence a start should be made at eight a m and the walk proper commences at roselle post office this point being reached by balmain tram it is an excellent trip especially from gladesville bridge the one defect being that one is seldom far from a main thoroughfare orchards are again in evidence the character of the country about ride and especially about eastwood and carlingford is very similar to castle hill and is wonderfully fertile to any one accustomed to the coast from south head to botany and the hungry hills and flats near the metropolis on the western southern and illawarra railway lines it is a land of enchantment there is no difficulty about finding the track go first to ride then to eastwood and carlingford and on to parramatta finger posts are plentiful if it be saturday you may catch the five p m at parramatta if sunday the four fifty five or five thirty p m reaching sydney at a convenient hour number eleven sydney to la perouse via centennial park randwick or waverley park and coogee maroubra and long bay distance fourteen or fifteen miles fare la perouse to sydney fivepence to long bay cemetery there is a choice of two routes either is interesting and the distance by either route is about the same if choosing that via centennial park and randwick a start should be made from the paddington entrance to the park if via waverley park bondi junction is a suitable starting point the routes join at long bay cemetery on arrival at maroubra it is better to cross the beach in preference to continuing by road and opportunity might be taken to have a surf dip just here one of the sights of the trip should be pointed out at the head of a small bay between maroubra beach and long bay a dyke of undecomposed basalt enters the sea and the sandstones have been altered into the most perfect examples of quartzite that are known about sydney in this connection the rev j milne curran says the aboriginals were aware of the nature of this stone and used it to make skinning knives the quartzite is in places stained by iron oxides 
to a rich chocolate brown and on first sight resembles the iron-stained quartz of some auriferous reefs even miners have been misled by this similarity and worked here for some time sinking and driving in the season wildflowers in great variety may be gathered and many spots will recall boyhood expeditions in quest of fives and other popular native delicacies a beneficent state has constructed a swimming basin on the south side of long bay and here another dip may be had and the billy boiled from the ridge to the south a splendid view is obtainable of the coast hospital and leper lazarette and a bridle track to the left of the penitentiary leads to the tram line which may be followed to la perouse apart from its historic interest which is considerable it is doubted if there be any spot on the coast where a few hours can be more pleasantly spent than at la perouse with its beautiful beaches and grassy slopes return to the city as possible via botany and via kensington the latter route being the more pleasant number twelve guildford to borcombe hills via prospect reservoir prospect and seven hills distance fifteen or sixteen miles fare guildford return first two shillings and fourpence second one shilling and sixpence the return half may be used from Parramatta. Borkham Hills to Parramatta tram fare, threepence. On Sundays, trams leave Borkham Hills at ten minutes to the hour, and on weekdays at fourteen minutes to the hour. Before starting on this trip, a permit should be got from the Secretary to the Metropolitan Board of Water Supply and Sewerage to follow the course of the canal from near Guildford to Prospect Dam. This makes the walk much more enjoyable and permission to do this is rarely if ever refused to a responsible person of course the road may be followed but to do this is less agreeable and less interesting if a weekday take the eight twenty three a m at sydney if a sunday the nine forty two a m as to the sydney water service everybody does not know perhaps that our daily consumption of water is about thirty million gallons that the service cost originally about four million pounds that prospect dam was constructed in the middle eighties and its height is eighty-five feet that its superficial area is one thousand two hundred and sixty-six acres and its capacity eleven thousand and twenty-nine million one hundred and eighty thousand gallons that its greatest depth is seventy-seven feet and its height above sea level one hundred feet to the right on nearing the dam is a remarkable mass of rock which is being quarried the country rock is hawkesbury sandstone and shales commenting on this mr c s wilkinson a late government geologist says penetrating these formations are dikes and masses of igneous rock varying from a dense basalt to a coarse-grained horn-blendic greenstone at prospect these rocks form a continuous and irregularly shaped hill which attains an elevation of 430 feet above sea level. From its summits near Greystains, a very commanding view is obtained of the surrounding country, embracing the city of Sydney, Parramatta, Campbelltown and the Blue Mountains. Pressing onward past the Lawson Estate homestead, you reach the Great Western Road. Turn to the left towards Penrith from a short distance, taking the road to the right near the old milestone. Sydney, 20. Penrith, 13. This is an excellent place to lunch. 
the quaint old church on the hill which is passed presently is worthy a few minutes inspection it is st bartholomew's church of england prospect is convict built and as the stone in the tower wall testifies was erected in eighteen forty two in the pious but insanitary fashion of a century ago and much later the narrow cells of the forefathers of the hamlet and more or less pretentious vaults of the lawsons westons cleves and other families are clustered round the church they are quite unlike and yet st bartholomew's suggests st james's sydney the old building has weathered well but several large rents show that its foundations might have been more truly set pursuing the journey cross the blacktown road and proceed right ahead by a bush track to the seven hills road which will take you through the locality of that name passing through a wonderfully fertile country abounding in orange plantations you reach borkham hills in time for the four fifty p m tram this is worth recollecting at a point two miles from borkham hills is a finger-post with the legend to windsor road two miles do not take this road it goes to borkham hills but adds two miles to your journey go straight ahead number thirteen pimble to parramatta by a marsfield north ride ride dundas ermington etc distance fourteen or fifteen miles fares milson's point to pimble first elevenpence second eightpence parramatta to sydney first one shilling and fourpence second elevenpence on weekdays the eight thirty seven a m boat joins the eight fifty a m train at milson's point on sundays the eight thirty a m boat joins the eight forty five train these are suitable trains on arrival at pimble take lane cove road towards gordon and turn to the right just before reaching the gasworks half a mile from pimble railway station for the first two and a half to three miles the road is on top of the ridge which commands some fine views after crossing lane cove river by the high level bridge keep straight ahead following the telegraph line gladesville road branches away to the left a short distance from the bridge from this on there will be no difficulty about the road which for the most part passes along the boundary dividing marsfield from north ride at ride railway station take kissing point road this proceeds through ermington and rydalmere and dundas to parramatta from north ride to destination the route is through orange orchards and if the trip be taken in july august or september it will be found very enjoyable there are no hills to climb worth mentioning as it is a gradual descent from four hundred and forty nine feet at pimble to fifty feet above sea level at parramatta and may therefore be estimated an easy day's walk there are several convenient trains by which to return to sydney this journey should not be essayed after a long spell of dry weather as the roads from ride to parramatta become too dusty to render walking agreeable number fourteen Karingai chase distance about fifteen miles fare milson's point hornsby return first one shilling and threepence second tenpence this is a nice easy one-day trip and is one of the very few round trips at present practicable at Karingai chase a region famous for its well-preserved specimens of aborigines art 
its rugged picturesque scenery houseboat expeditions and fishing grounds take the eight thirty a m boat to milson's point this connects with the eight forty five hornsby train arrived at hornsby follow pete's ferry road for a couple of miles being careful to turn to the right at the point where Golston Road branches away to the left. Shortly after passing the 16-mile post, cross the railway line at the gates. So far as the money at their disposal has allowed, the trustees have done good work. Tanks of drinking water and fireplaces have been provided en route, and are of special service at Cockle Creek Bridge, about halfway, a suitable spot for refreshments. For the first few miles at Hornsby End, and again after climbing the zigzag going towards Turramurra, the country is sterile and uninteresting, characteristic New South Wales coastal hills. The middle part of the journey, however, has extensive hill and water views, and is very pretty, especially at the crossing at the junction of Cockle Creek with Cowan. For the return journey, the train may be taken at Turramurra or Pimble. Number 15 National Park, Otford to Audley, via Old Clifton Road. Return to Waterfall to Audley Trip. Distance 17 or 18 miles. Fare, Otford, weekend return, first, four shillings and fourpence, second, two shillings and sixpence. Wednesdays and Saturdays are the most suitable days for this trip. The 8.30 a.m. daily train from Sydney reaches Otford at about 10 o'clock and there is a choice of 6.40pm Wednesday and 6 and 7.32pm Saturday trains for return from National Park. At Otford, pick up a bridle path near the mouth of the railway tunnel. This runs up and along the ridges to the old Clifton Road, now merely a disused track. If any difficulty be experienced at Otford in finding the route, inquiry should be made at the sawmill as a number of tracks leading to Garry Beach and other places cross and branch from Old Clifton Road, it is worth while to recollect that the course is right along the top of the ridge. Reject all tracks which descend the cliffs, unless wishing to visit Garry or Watamolla. Both are lovely spots, especially Watamolla, but if either be included, it will add some four miles to the journey, making the total for the day twenty-one or twenty-two miles so it is merely a question of inclination and staying power. If you determine not to visit either place, follow the old Clifton Road to Watermolla Finger Post, and then take the track, bearing away to the left. This will bring you across Flat Trot Creek, and eventually to the military road leading down the hill to the dam and boathouse. It is a very attractive day's journey for several miles by bridle path, with the ocean on the right, and a beautiful fragrant woodland on the left. At a small cleared patch, near an old trig cairn, a few miles from Otford, go over to the edge of the cliff, fifty to sixty yards, and there opens a magnificent view of the chain of ocean beaches and the bold coastal promontories. If it be desired to do this trip on Sunday, you must go to Otford on a Saturday afternoon. There are two trains, Accommodation is, however, difficult to obtain at Otford. It might be mentioned that there is an alternative route, Otford to Audley, distance about the same. Pick this road up opposite Otford railway station, and it leads through the big timber country to the Lady Carrington Drive. End of part three.